You guys are doing great. Hope you had a good week. Uh, hopefully uh, things are going well for you. Your eyes are on the Lord and uh, God is working in your life. Uh, outside of that, we're in trouble. Stay right there and we're going to be in good shape. A couple things I want to let you know about. We're praying at the wall every Wednesday at noon. Pray with us. Wherever you may live, 12 o'clock, take some time, 
and uh, just spend some time in prayer if you if you can at that noon hour. Just at least be praying together with us in your spirit that that no matter where we are in this country on Wednesday at noon, we're gonna we're gonna take time to seek the Lord. So join us here if you can. We'd love to have you. We come to listen to God and just lift up silent prayer to him and, and just cry out to God and say, God, help us. God, heal our land. God, forgive us. God, help us to see you and to know you. Second thing that's going on is uh, I want to let you know about is Core 52. We're studying through this book. Uh, we began this past week on the first lesson, and so we'll be marching through 52 weeks uh, as we go forward. If you want to join us with this, let me know. We'll figure out a way to get you a book. You can get these online on Amazon or other places. Get you a book. Go through this with us week by week. And on Wednesday, we, we Zoom together and we study that section uh, for that week together. We have some discussion and some Bible study. It's a great time together. Question for you. We're talking about prayer, okay? And we're, we're on this journey with prayer. We've been talking for several weeks about uh, what prayer does and what prayer is. And so just for a minute, take a minute and just think about this. What, what is prayer? What prayer is? What is it? Think about that. Think in your own heart, in your own mind. What is prayer? And then secondly, think about what does prayer do? What happens in prayer? Those are two really good questions, okay, that, that we want to constantly be thinking about because God is huge. God is so big. And when we come to God in prayer, we are like, we're like this tiny little rowboat out in the middle of an ocean, the ocean of God's grace and knowledge and vastness. And we're just this little bitty, bitty, bitty boat out there just bobbing along. And so when we pray, there's so much going on around us, above us, below us. And, and prayer, prayer allows us to connect with the God who knows everything. Today, what I want to share with you is this. Uh, prayer changes me, okay? If you enter into a time of prayer, when you come to God in prayer, we come for a lot of reasons. Not all of them are good reasons. Usually we come to God and we've got our list of things that we want God to like do for us, right? It's almost like your, your, your wife giving you your honey-do list, like do this, do this, do this, do this, you know. You know, get these things done today, please. We almost approach God in the same way. God, be with this person. God, be with that person. God, be with this person. God, do We give God like our list of things that we need God to do. And, 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 and while God wants us to give him our heart and present people to him and, and like stand in the gap for people, we, we need to do that. But that's not all we need to be thinking when we come to God in prayer. There's so much more going on. And today what I want us to focus on is that prayer, when we come into that prayer time with God, we, we bow our heads or we close our eyes or we get away to some quiet place or we're, we're just sitting there in a room full of people and we're just going to take some time to pray to God quietly on our own. When we do that, today 
Prayer changes me. I want to think about the fact that when I enter into that prayer time with God, I need to be changed. I need God to work on me. You know, he, he already knows. Last week we said, God already knows what you need before you ask him. So our long list of things for God to do, you know what? God already knows these things. You know, and, and we should lift up people to him, especially urgent needs to God. People who are struggling, mostly spiritually, you know, people who don't know Jesus, who are separated from Jesus. We need to be presenting them to God, saying, God, use me to reach them. But prayer changes me. C.S. Lewis said this. C.S. Lewis, he said this. I pray, I pray, I can't help myself. I cannot help myself. I can't lift myself up out of any situation, right? I pray because the need flows out of me all of the time. Waking and sleeping, it doesn't change God. It changes me. Prayer changes me. And I love that he said that because prayer does or prayer should when we enter into a time of prayer, we should be changed by what we're doing together with God. Now, I know there are times in the scripture where people influenced God, okay? There are times where, 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 where somebody prayed and sought God and cried out to God and said, God, please do this or please don't do that. And, and God seemed to respond to people at times. In fact, 2 Chronicles, a very well-known passage of Scripture that you and I all know that we hear a lot. It's on the internet a lot. A lot of people are posting this on Facebook, especially right now. It says this, If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land, right? Second Chronicles, uh, chapter two, verse seven. Uh, uh, chapter Second Chronicles, chapter seven, verse fourteen. Uh, a passage that we see quoted a lot right now with what's going on in our government and in our politics and in our country. A passage that says, "Look, if we would turn to God, seek God." God says, "If you will, like, seek me with your heart, I will then hear you." I'll hear you, and I'll forgive you, and I'll heal your land. So there's this sense that God will respond to our prayers if we will come to him on his terms, like how he says to come to him, right? So there's some other examples of, of people who, who cried out to God, and God seemed to change what was going to happen, like Moses. Moses in Exodus 32. Moses reasoned with God. Remember, the, he came down from the mountain, and the people, Aaron, his brother, had, or had made this golden calf. And God wanted to wipe them all out. And Moses cried out, God, don't destroy them all. And so God withheld from destroying all of them. Some of them perished, but not all of them. God seemed to have listened to what Moses was crying out to him. In Genesis 18, remember Abraham and Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot. God, Abraham bargained with God. God, please don't destroy them if there's only, you know, this many righteous people or this many. How about if there's only like 10 righteous? Will you, will you spare this city? And God seemed to be like bargaining with, with Abraham in that. And in, in the end, only Lot and his family 
were spared and everybody else was wiped out. In 2 Kings chapter 20, Hezekiah asked God to give him more years to live on the earth. And God granted him 15 more years to live on the earth. And Mary, in John chapter 2, asked Jesus to keep the party going by making some more wine. Remember that? And Jesus turned the water into wine. He, he like answered her request. And there are others. There are, there are others who, who uh, seem to um, change God's plan or at least... Uh, at least uh, help alter it in some way. Elijah and Jehoshaphat did these things. In Psalm 120, the scripture says, In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. And so God does hear us. He hears our cries, and he is moved by his people. That's for sure. But more times than not, God is going to make the call because he knows so much better than we will ever know. And we simply obey God. He is the master, he's the potter, and we are the clay. And we understand that. We, we, we live out the words of James, who said uh, this in James chapter four, verse seven, submit yourselves to God, right? Resist the devil and he will flee from you, but submit, yourselves to God. So that's what we do. We come into prayer with an attitude of submitting ourselves to God because he is God and we are not. Prayer, prayer is about lining ourselves up with God, with his heart, not trying to get God to line himself up with our heart. He knows best. He's God. We're small, we're tiny, we're that little boat in a vast sea. And we know next to nothing. God knows everything. And so we come to him to submit to him. And I want to give you a couple of reasons uh, why we come to God to be changed, okay? Three passages of scripture we're going to touch on. Why we come to God to be changed. The first one is in Isaiah, chapter 55. Uh, Isaiah wrote and he said, For my thoughts... Writing God's word, for my thoughts, God says, are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so we understand right from the get-go that we come to God to be changed because his ways are so far above our ways. And his thoughts are so much greater than our thoughts. Like, what do we really know? What do we know? You know, we might know some things. You might go to college to learn uh, a certain, certain knowledge about a subject. But do you know how many subjects there are in the universe, in the world? There, there, aren't, there aren't enough libraries to contain subjects on everything. And there is nobody who knows not even a billionth of all of the knowledge of the world. Even Einstein only had a thimble of knowledge or intellect compared to God. I mean, there's so much information, there's so much knowledge, and his thoughts are much higher and much greater than our thoughts. And his ways are much higher and much greater than our ways. 
He is God. And we are not. We're the, we're the, the clay of the earth that he fashioned. For us to even think that we could somehow compete with God in knowledge is foolishness. We know nothing compared to the Lord. Intellectually, God knows far better than we will ever know. And so we come to God in prayer to learn, to know him, to know more, for him to help us understand life and direction and purpose for our own lives. We come, we come to be changed. We come to think more like him. We come to him so that in the process of crying out to him and submitting ourselves to him, we might in some way become more like him, that he will change us, not that we will change him. Number two, Colossians chapter 1 says this, the Son, Jesus, is the Son of God, is the image, and that word means the very same substance, the very same material of God is Jesus only in the flesh. So Jesus and God are one. They are the same God in spirit, the Father, Jesus Christ in the flesh as a human being. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. Jesus is before all things. And in him all things hold together. We come to Jesus we come to God in prayer so that we will be changed because, because we know that he holds all things. He holds everything. He knows it all. All things he has in his hand and in his knowledge and in his ways. Everything is his. The whole universe from, from eternity to eternity. It's all his. It's all about Jesus, the creator with God in the beginning, before all things were made, right? Everything was made by him, everything is made through him, and everything is made for him. That's a lot, you know, that's a lot of creation, that's a lot of universe, that's a lot of knowledge, that's a lot of complex systems that it all revolves around him. Jesus is the very same stuff of God as God, only he is in the flesh. And in his mighty strength, in Jesus' mighty strength, he holds it all together. He's the glue that holds it all, all together. Not just physical things, but invisible and visible. All things, authorities and powers and rulers and thrones, all things he holds together. We cannot do this. We can't even come close to doing this. We come to him in prayer to be changed because he's the one who holds all things in his hands. And we pray to stay connected to the one who holds it all together. And in that process of seeking his face 
and His will. We are changed. We come to be changed. Don't come to tell God your stuff. Come to listen to God to be changed. That's awesome. That's awesome. Third thing is this, number three. Revelations chapter 22. Look, I am coming soon, and that is a promise that still stands. Most everything else we read in the Bible has happened before our time. This is a promise of what's to come hasn't come yet. We are still waiting for this day. Jesus is going to come back and time as we know it is going to be no more. And he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. Those who love him. Those who have been immersed into him. Those who have given him their lives and their soul and been forgiven and washed in the blood of Christ to eternal life. Jesus says, look, I am coming soon. I hope and pray that we will all be ready that our friends and our family and our people will be ready, that we'll do everything in our power to point people to Jesus, not out of a fear of hell, even though that's true. There's a truth to that. There is a coming hell. But because God loves us, because he cares about us, because he's done so much to draw us to himself, and he wants us to have this personal relationship with him. And he wants to have that with you. That's why we need people to come to Jesus, so they'll have that in their life, that strength and that peace that only comes in Jesus. When we pray, we come to be changed. But look what he says. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Get ready for that, okay? According to what they have done. What you're doing, what I'm doing, what they're doing, what we're doing, we're going to be judged by how we're living our life, who we are surrendered to, who we've given our allegiance to. We're going to be judged by that. But look what he says in verse 13. I am, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And so we come to him in prayer to be changed because he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is, he is before all things. He, he does not live in time like you and I do. He is eternal. We are finite. We have a starting point and we have an ending point. He does not. He is, he is all things. He is all time. He is eternal. And we are not. And we come to him in prayer because he knows the big, big, big picture. And we only know this little bitty sliver that we call our life. And we got to come to him because he knows so much more. It's like, it's like, in a way, going to your grandparents for information because they've lived longer. They've lived maybe 70 years on the earth and you've only lived 20 or 30. And so they know more. They've experienced more. God has experienced eternity. Of course, he knows so much more. And of course, when we come to him, we don't come to change him. How foolish. We come for him to change us. That's why we come. Because he is eternal. And his, in his eternal authority, his eternal authority, he is God. Who was, who is, and who is to come. He is to come. He is the one that is coming. He isn't a God who is over in the past. And we just, we just worship some, some God of the past but not of the present or the future. Our God is a God of the past, the present, and the future. And we're going to spend eternity with him if we get this thing right. See, look at us. 
Just look at us in America right now. The human race in general. We can't even get out of our own way. We're pointing at each other. We're, we're causing ruckus all over the place and then blaming other people for the ruckus they cause. We're, we're a mess. We are a hot mess right now in this country. We can't even get out of our way because we are so finite. We are so small. And we pray. We pray because it changes me. I don't pray for you to be changed. I, I hope God will work in other people's lives for sure. But I need to be changed. My heart needs to be changed. My attitude needs adjusted. I need to be changed. I can be better. I can be more like Jesus. I still got a long ways to go. You know, Michael Jackson sang that song, if you want to make the world a better place, uh, take a look at the world, uh, look at the mirror and make the change. You know, he was, he was right on, spot on with that thought, that if we would just take time in our own lives to let God change me, and we all did that, the world would be a better place for sure. If we just sought the Lord together. See, we, are, we, 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 we seek God in prayer because we want, to find, we want to find our small place in his big plan. We want to know exactly what God wants in my life and for me and why he put me here. I want to be able to come to the end of my life and really sense and feel and know that I lived out God's will for my life. I didn't just wander through life and, and just like wherever the wind blew or the, 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 the waves moved me. I want to live on purpose, on target, on what God sees for me and how he can use me better in this world. And so I need to be changed. And so prayer, prayer, prayer is getting our heart and our mind lined up with him. That's what prayer is. In prayer, we come knowing that he is in the know and we truly are in the dark. We don't know squat. Prayer, prayer. We enter into it for a lot of reasons, but we enter into it because it changes me. Because when I come into prayer, it's me and God, nobody else, it's just me and God. It's, it's toe to toe, not in a conflictive way, but in a, in a humble way. We get to stand in the presence of God and we get to share with God and we get to listen to God and we line ourselves up with God. Prayer changes me. And this is what it means. This is what it means that prayer changes me. This is what it means living on a prayer. Well, I hope and pray that God will do great things in your life this week. That you'll submit to him and honor him. And I hope and pray that you'll spend time with God this week. And don't just come with your list of stuff. You know, I know there's people that need th things. And, and we most of the time when we pray, we think, oh man, my aunt or my uncle or my brother or this person has this need, something happened in their life. And, and God is concerned about those things, but don't just let those things rule your prayer life. Come to listen. Come to be changed. Have a great week and be careful. And um, we'll see you next week. God bless you.